Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. And now, welcome to Like a Boss, insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Welcome to Like a Boss, where we're helping you rise to the top influencers, creating influencers. And today I'm going to have an amazing interview with someone that has been around a long time, but I love that because what we're going to be talking about is what I call um, original conversations about direct response copy. If you're like wondering what the heck that is, just stay tuned. You'll figure it out. So my name is Heather Havenwood, but today I'm going to be introducing you to Rick Ciceri. Did I even say that right, Rick? That's correct. You did a great job. I get an A+. Okay, Rick Ciceri has helped major brands from GoPro to George Foreman build billion-dollar brands through brand-responsive advertising and strategic video marketing. Now, you millennials who go, what in the world is that? Just hang out, okay? His upcoming book, Building Billion-Dollar Brands, aims to put valuable knowledge of the big brands into the hands of inventors, small business owners, entrepreneurs, Amazon sellers, and others to help create innovative successful marketing campaigns. Okay, so I'm super excited about this interview, Rick, because a couple of things, you know, I built a business from zero to 1.5 in sales um, online, which is a supplement company, my first supplement company I did out of the gate. And I did that all through, wait for it, radio, direct response radio. And people thought I was nuts. And the reason I did that, Rick, is because I, everyone told me to go to Facebook, but Facebook won't allow you to do supplements, anything that makes people feel quote unquote uh, I think there's a word like fearful or unhealthy or not good, some weird word that's in the terms and conditions. So I thought, well, I'll just start a radio show. Hence, this is where I'm at today. And I started selling through direct response copy, right? I started doing commercials and things like that. How do you sell? So no, it's not TV like you did, but it's very similar. So let's start at the beginning. Where, how did you get started in all of this and when? Well, first of all, I love that you have that background and success in direct response because really that's the foundation of everything I've been doing for 30 years. And uh, to answer your question, I got started helping, uh, actually have a degree in biology. So I have no background in marketing or direct response. And I kind of learned it the hard way, probably similar to you by actually going out in the marketplace and doing it and reading a lot of books. But I got started I'm going to date myself in the mid eighties working with some of the original uh, direct response television guys who were promoting real estate seminars. And I learned how to do that business. Believe it or not, I, I, um, 
started doing newspaper ads. You talked about radio. I started doing direct response ads, you know, come to a free seminar. But really, you learn the fundamentals, regardless of the delivery platform, you learn the fundamentals of what works, what people respond to. Then it doesn't matter if it's TV, radio, uh, print, and now online. If you understand direct response, then you understand that it really works because human nature doesn't change. And so the same principles that work, it's just a delivery vehicle that changes. But I got started in the real estate seminar business, took what I learned there. And I started, I was very interested in health and nutrition. And in the late eighties started a company called Trillium Health Products. And we kind of created the big juicing um, thing that you see today with juice bars on every corner with something called the juice man juice extractor. Okay, yeah, I actually have one of those. Well, you and I started in the same place, different uh, year. Um, I started in the real estate industry myself, so I understand that. And this was before internet was big. We still were using newspaper and infomercials and direct response mail. We didn't have email campaigns back then. I know people thought that's crazy. But um, I love talking to people like you who didn't have, and I call it a crutch, they didn't have the crutch of the internet. They had to learn that when they send out an ad, in a newspaper, right, which takes time to get to the newspaper, which takes time for them to print. You have to have at least a week sometimes to, depending of lead time, and then you had to wait sometimes for your response. That is very different than what we have today, which you can turn on a Facebook ad and have something going within a couple hours, depending on a day. So um, I just want to commend you that you've survived (laughs) the different eras, because I think it says a lot about who you are, and I love talking to people that didn't have that crutch. That's why Joe Sugarman and I have great conversations. Um, so I just want, let's, let's dive into a little bit. Now you're focusing on your book, Billion Dollar Brands. And, you know, let's just talk about that for a second. I'm talking about video today and how empowering it is. Where are we at with video today? Do you think it's kind of done? Do you think we're just beginning? Where do you think we're at? I think we're not, we're just beginning. It's kind of the tip of the iceberg, but really we're becoming a video first society. I mean, if you look around, you're, everybody's engrossed either on their computer, their cell phone, and they're watching video. And I read a statistic the other day that there's been more video produced uh, in the last 30 days than TV stations have produced in the last 30 years to give you an idea of the size of the market. And um, video just seems to be the format, you know, content, uh, we're both big believers in content, content marketing. And if you can deliver that through video, um, you'll get better, you know, better conversions, better open rates, better click rates. Uh, It's just a, it's just a powerful vehicle. And um, for a lot of reasons. So video, I think like to answer your question, I feel like we're at the tip of the iceberg and it's just going to keep growing and growing. So the more you can find out about how to create good videos, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a skill that would be really important. So let's talk about good videos. So first of all, I want to kind of take, roll back the curtain a little bit. Um, when I was doing the information marketing in real estate back in 01, I was actually on an infomercial. (laughs) <laughs> I was, the yeah. So if someone really noticed, I was in the infomercial as a B roll and I'll let you explain what that is in a minute. And then I also was in the infomercial 
as a testimonial as a student, same infomercial. And then if they really noticed, I actually was there at the event when they showed up at the free, the free event. <laughs> at this oh, event. that's awesome. I know. <laughs> so I had some like cousins of third cousins, like, I saw you in infomercial. I'm like, why are you up at 2 a.m.? You know, but, um, you know, so who cares? All right, let's talk about infomercials. Are they dead? Are they still alive? And what's going on with that? It also explain to people what B-roll is just in case they're like, what's that? Yeah, so B-roll, when, let's say uh, I was interviewing you and you were going to be a testimonial, if I just sit and listen to a person talk and we're just, it's called a talking head, um, that's not as interesting, even what they might be saying is interesting. Well, B-roll is if you're talking about information marketing, I would shoot footage of you on your computer, or I'd shoot footage of you um, doing some of the things you talked about in your interview, and then you put that B-roll over the interview and it's just basically to help create the video uh, more interesting for the viewer. Yeah, nice. Okay, great. And so one of the ones, that, maybe I, I said it wrong, but in the B-roll that I was in, um, I, me and my a co-worker who they put us in a, at a beautiful pool in Florida and made us look like we were married. And okay. Right, and we're, we're not saying anything. We're just like in our bikinis actually. Right, in the middle of the so, day. so what would happen? Right. Yeah, I get you now. So the announcer voiceover is talking about you too could have this beautiful lifestyle. Right. And then we flash to the picture of you and your friend by the pool. Yeah, and he was gay. doesn't matter. We were friends. <laughs> but it right. doesn't look that way. You know, we're hanging by the pool. It looks like it's in the middle of the day and we have millions of dollars of the house that we're at. That's not even ours. Yeah, and, that, and that's a little B-roll is just additional pictures to bring whatever's being said to <laughs> a more visual, interesting picture. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, shot, it's shot without audio and used yeah. to lay over any type of audio. So Right. Right. And then it was also a testimonial of the product and service, which I still find funny to this day. I would absolutely love to find that video somewhere because it was the one that just went 24 seven for two years. You know, I was actually, I'm sure it's somewhere, but I've never seen it. Who knows? Okay. Let's dive in. So let's talk about video today. Do you work with more products and services that are trying to sell on TV? infomercial or are you trying to take those principles to, that you learned and move them onto online and how are you doing that? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, okay. You know, far from what people think, um, TV isn't dead. Um, TV has become one aspect of marketing. If you try, you, you know about direct response and yes. um, you, you know, if you spend a dollar, you're trying to generate $2 uh, to pay for your advertising and TV by itself is very, very difficult to make work, which differs from 10 or 15 years ago. So now you have to have um, a, an online presence to support what you're doing on TV. So we still make infomercials. We do long, the 30 minute ones, we do the one and two minute spots, but you have to have um, an online backend to support what's happening on TV. Cause nowadays people see something on TV, they immediately go check it out online. And if it's a product or a service, they, they also Google and say, where can I get this the cheapest? Not necessarily looking uh, to buy it directly from you. So you have to have those bases covered. And I like to say those are two legs of the stool and the third leg is Amazon. Uh, and again, for information products is not good, but for consumer products, um, your TV will act like an engine that'll drive 
um, response and traffic to online your website and also to Amazon. So if you're going to be selling through TV, you need to set up all of that to, to make it successful today. That's very true. So inside of that, you know, um, I, I, I'm now a proud owner of an Alexa and I can't say it that loud because she's, yes. She'll come on. Is she yeah. okay, no, she's good. She's good. She's she's quiet. She's not listening. Um, so I am a proud owner of her, and I find it fascinating because it, it has created a very lazy way to do things. I I got her. I say her because I don't want to wake her up. Mm -hmm. I got her because the direct response copywriter in me was like, "How is this going to work? How yes. am I going to say, you know, Alexa? How you know, go find this?" And I'm starting to learn how addictive it is but mm -hmm. I can see where it's headed you know I can see where I'm watching TV or actually I just cut the cord I don't even have a TV I, I watch everything through YouTube TV now um, right. Google Fiber so I can see where it's like hey you know Alexa go find this and oh yeah buy it and I never even left you know the couch or I never even had to pick up my phone like it's really becoming a direct response copy world at a higher faster pace level Remember oh absolutely how to like yeah, call I, in and give your credit card you know what i mean so what do you think of that like that next level of direct response but it's it's way it's it's response it's like this huge amount of response it's not a one channel do they come from this channel it's more like one channel and then all three stool legs happens at the same time yeah, absolutely. Everything is moving faster. It's more instantaneously. But this is where I think your skill set or anybody that has a direct response background, how do, you know, it, sometimes you have to go beyond just if someone likes a product. How do you get them to go from uh, TV to the website, from the website to order the product? Or if they're on Amazon, why are they going to click buy on your product? And all of the direct response principles, I'm a big advocate of reading as many books as possible about direct response. And you're, you're familiar with Dan Kennedy. Um, there's lots of great books. That was one of the very first direct response books I ever bought, the No BS Guide to Direct Marketing. And these principles are the same ones. So the platforms or distribution platforms are changing. Um, Alexa, artificial intelligence, all this stuff is going to be coming. And it's hard to keep up with. But if you have the basic skills of a good direct response copywriter, you can yeah. craft messages, you can craft services and fit them into the technology regardless of what that is. I'll give you a good example. Um, my background is in infomercials, um, but GoPro never ran any infomercials. Mm -hmm. But one thing I want to clear up at the very beginning, even though the book's called Building Billion Dollar Brands, every product in the book I started working with when it was either a launch or they were doing less than a million dollars in sales. So this wasn't some big company that hired me to help, you know, facilitate the growth of their brand. These were startups and products where we used all types of direct response marketing to help them grow. But GoPro is a good example. A normal, uh, we ran 30 second spots and those are normally considered quote unquote brand ads. Um, but instead we did something at the end of each GoPro ad, we put, uh, go to our website, someone will win some one of everything we make every single day. So what it did was there was an offer 
um, basically people would go to the GoPro website and three things would happen. First, they'd have to register for the contest. So we captured their name and address. We were creating a database that we could remarket to. Uh, second, and this is where video and YouTube comes in, they would go to the website, they'd see other cool videos, they'd share them with their friends and it created a viral aspect. But third and last is the revenue generation. They'd go to the website and they'd just buy a camera. So we were generating revenue and the ads were self-sustaining and paying for themselves. So it's oh, again, wow. a basic direct response concept mm -hmm. coupled with the technology. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so you have some other brands in. Let's talk about some of the case studies that you have that are inside of the book. But also, I really want to make sure we just discuss what's really working today. So you have the three-prong approach, which I love. I don't know if you can go deeper on each different prong for us, or you can go either way. You can go deeper on each different prong, or you talk about some case studies or both. Okay, um, I think both would be good. Let, let's talk about the three prime because I do a lot of consulting now to different uh, companies and people that are launching new direct-to-consumer products. And one of the, some of the advice I give is exactly what we're talking about now is um, the first thing you do is need to, and this is some of this is very basic, but the first thing you have to do is set up your website that becomes like the hub. That's the place where you're kind of driving all your traffic. And the reason for the website is that becomes your content hub. And that's where you need to deploy as much content as possible, mm -hmm. which is, you know, information on your product, um, uh, blogs. But for me, I love to put uh, lots of video on, on the website. And one of my favorite things, and you mentioned earlier, you were a testimonial at one point, but one of the probably, probably to me, one of the most powerful marketing tools are testimonials and being able to get that and using that as content. But also those are p the people that are going to tell everyone else why they like the product, why they don't like it. And they're just a really powerful marketing tool. Um, so to answer your question, one of the first things, build that website. It's the place where all the content goes. Um, then everything you do from a marketing perspective is driving. How do you figure out a way, a direct response way um, to drive traffic to the site? Is it a Facebook ad? Is it social media? Um, is it a TV? Is it radio? It so, really so I, want to talk, I want to stop there for just a second because you can have sure. the best video in the world, but if you don't have the right traffic, it doesn't matter and it can't convert. So what but, are you finding right now with your current clients that are really working, that's working for a traffic source? And then also let's talk about money, right? So people think, oh my gosh, TV infomercial, that must be really expensive or mm -hmm. radio. Can you talk about costs on all those and what's working today? Yeah, so, you know, I believe the theory of kind of crawl, walk, run. And um, I don't recommend when you're uh, first starting out in business, your, your first step is to go do a television uh, infomercial. If you have a direct-to-consumer product, I, I give advice. I think the best place for people to start marketing is on Amazon because you can get started there with very little or no money. I mean, your money, you have to pay for inventory or whatever your product is. But other than that, Amazon will do all the heavy lifting for you. And a couple things happen. One, you can test your product there to see if the market, if the market's receptive to it. After you um, are getting people to buy your product, uh, all of a sudden now you have like a user base and you can see what kind of um, ratings people are giving. You could read the reviews. Uh, basically, you always want to get feedback. Uh, put a product, I don't believe waiting to create a perfect product. Put it out there in the marketplace, get feedback. So to answer your question, 
really to me the first place to start for a lot of people with a with a direct to consumer product is on Amazon because of it's the way you can do it with the least amount of money. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's true. Okay. So do you, um, all right. So, so step one, put it on Amazon and get feedback from that. Right. All right. So let's go back to the stool that you had, the three prong approach. You had Amazon or the other two. Um, the other one, um, uh, is ba basically a three prong is your website with the e-commerce, but your question was, how do I drive traffic to there? Mm -hmm. So, okay, here's where, you have to have a little bit of an entrepreneur, but also have your background in direct response. Can I use PR to drive traffic? Can I use social media? Uh, you know, can I use Facebook ads? Um, all you have to do is find one um, of those platforms or avenues that work that you can make work. You, you said earlier you had a lot of success with radio. You found one niche or one area that worked and it spawned a very successful business. So I tell people, once your website's up, if you're on Amazon, that's great, you're generating revenue there, you need to find another place, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, social using social media, something to drive traffic to your site, but I, it always is with a mindset of direct response. So if you're spending any money on social media, on Facebook ads, going back to the, to the scenario of you're spending a dollar, you better be making two or three back um, if it's going to be a model that works to grow your business. So what is that model? What is that revenue? If you're spending a dollar, you should get two back or three back based on what? Yeah, my, you know, a general rule of thumb, I know that I can have some success if I get $2 back for every dollar. And there's lots of people out there probably listening that are doing advertising on Facebook and they're saying, wow, I get $10 back every time. Well, that's great. You'll just grow your business faster. But I think a minimum threshold I've found in working with lots of products over the years is to try and get a two to one return on any advertising dollar you're spending in any uh, vehicle or platform. So one of the things when I work with uh, information marketing clients, I work, consult more with them than product. Right. I find that um, one of the biggest challenges I see is that they don't have a back end, and I always tell them the money's made in the back end with information marketing. Right. It's that's where the money's made. If you don't have a back end it's going to be more challenging to really scale and grow and put money back into the business. Let's talk about products. Do you find it successful? Cause like I have just like you, I'm sure after so many years and you've had more years than me and your niche, I can see if a product's going to work or not. You know, like, Absolutely. this is, this is going to be good, you know, or this makes sense. This is really, I feel like this is going to be really good. So I, that's kind of what I want to tap into. Like is your thing, right? It's like, how do you know, when you're like, this is, this is going to be good. Is it because it has, they have more of five or six different products in their catalog or are you okay with them starting with one or, you know, what is that thing where you're like, this is a mat, this is a, this is a perfect formula. What are you looking yeah, for? Yeah, I, I have, that's a great question. And I, you know, for me, um, I, I have, there's a lot of things based on doing this for many years, yeah. but um, I haven't had a lot of success with brand new products, like from an inventor, like, hey, this oh, is a new type of pen. It's really great. I think it'll sell well. I've always had my success with products that have already been launched into the marketplace and have a little bit of traction. When I say a little bit, um, the marketplace or consumer is showing that 
there's some viability there. They, they like the product. And then even if no matter how small that is, uh, you know, $10,000 in sales or something, that's a, a first indication that yes, the consumer is going to like the product and I can probably layer on some marketing to help that. The second thing I check really is a financial model. Um, let's take this pen, for example, again, if it costs me to manufacture uh, this pen a dollar and I want to sell it for $2, the margins aren't going to work. Now in information products, you guys have large margins. Um, with consumer products, you usually need a three to four time markup. So if I'm going to spell, send, sp sell this pen for $6, the most it can cost is two. And even that is kind of high. I, I try to go with a four to one markup or a five to one markup. And so just by really just looking at the product, looking to see if there's any sales, looking at the financial makeup of it really gives me a good indication that yes, this is something I might want to get involved in. And then probably the last part for me is, and you're probably at this point in your career too, you want to work with a good product or good people. And that rules out quite a few as well, not to be <laughs> mean, but it's true. It's and, true. It's yeah. true. Um, so really some basic guidelines like that. And then, you know, we can drill deeper. There's categories. And again, you, you know, this from information marketing, yeah. you know, the category from, from the real estate days, I call it get rich quick. Yeah. Uh, that happens with, you know, make money on Amazon, make money through Facebook, make money in real estate. Yeah. That's, that's, I call that a category and, and it, and it's got a big following because people want to be successful and it can be done in a way that's very ethical. Um, there's beauty. Um, what can you do from a skincare perspective? Guthy Ranker built a multi-billion dollar business in the skincare business. Uh, weight loss is always one. And again, these are all ones you're probably familiar with from information marketing, but for product marketing too. Fitness and exercise is a category. Um, housewares is the one that I've had a huge amount of experience in. So anything in the kitchen that can help a person um, cook faster, better, uh, whatever, is is a good product and um and people are always looking for the new thing like alexa what's the next new hot thing that we can get so it's really not just one thing heather just a, and you know this a whole bunch of things that i look at um including just experience of looking at a lot of stuff and knowing kind of a little bit what works but those are some general rules so i want to break this is great thank you for that that's really great i just i uh, i was at my sister's house last weekend and Oprah has her own pizza. So that's crazy. I just thought, you know, she's got the Weight Watchers. She bought into Weight Watchers and right. she's got the Oprah pizza. And I remember looking at my sister, I'm like, when did Oprah get pizza? You know, she's like, it's been out for that's a while. Uh, but I'm like, go girl, you know, like who thought, right? Oprah and pizza. But hey, so um, you never ending, right? Never ending. But let's go down this road just a little bit because I think some people would say, oh my gosh, it's saturated, you know, beauty saturated, skincare saturated. Do you find that to really have that brand where you're like, oh, this is good. I love it. I want to either you know, consult with you guys or buy in or whatever your thing is. Do you find that it has to have a celebrity or an influencer? I mean, Oprah's a big one, the Kardashian family who has a huge line, the, the younger daughter, I'm going blank on for a second. She's got a huge, huge line. I think that there's also to be said to find a brand, to create a brand that doesn't have the 
celebrity. Do you find that you gear towards the ones that have some kind of celebrity influence or move away from that? What's your, what's your school of thought on that? Or maybe hire the celebrity so you can change out the celebrity when needed. Yeah, I haven't um, run across too many products where the celebrity, you were doing it because of the celebrity was involved. It's usually been the flip of that. Okay. We have a product can we pair it up with a celebrity that makes sense? Um, And then, but to answer your question directly, I'm, I feel like you do not need a celebrity to make a product successful. Um, If that person can add to it and it's, you can create a deal that makes sense for both parties from a financial standpoint, that makes sense. Um, Now I'm not saying you don't need a celebrity or don't need, especially influencers and in today's marketplace, that's a great way to get product out to people with big followings. That's, I mean, again, going, going back to the GoPro example, um, one of the things they did is got cameras in the hands of all the extreme athletes all these guys took pictures and women took pictures of themselves jumping out of airplanes, mountain biking, snowboarding, and that created a following. So that was kind of more influence marketing. But to answer your question, I don't believe you need a celebrity. A lot of times we would bring in a celebrity a little bit after the fact if it made sense for the product. But it's funny you talk about Oprah. Um, I've had two products that had quote unquote the Oprah effect. The first one was a Sonicare toothbrush. She had that on her show and said that it made her gums hum and literally sales skyrocketed by about a million dollars just from that one appearance on her show. And then later on, the same people that did Sonicare created the Clarisonic brush and they were having trouble getting traction in the marketplace. But because they had that relationship with a producer at Oprah, they got it on her show and the business just took off after that. So it was amazing. She is impressive. I mean, yeah, there's by not far. very many people with the trust level and following that she has to be able to do what she does with products because she's very authentic and yeah. people trust her. Yeah, I mean, I share this all the time with people, um, but I'll say it again here. It's it's worth it. There's a difference between celebrity, expert, and influencer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take Tiger Woods for a second. You know, he was a celebrity and then he wasn't and then he's kind of coming back. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a talent buy in celebrity. Um, Kaepernick right now, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kardashians. But I feel like celebrity comes and goes. Yes. You know, it's like what's hot, what's not kind of thing. He was hot in the 80s and 90s, was not hot now, vice mm-hmm. versa. You know, so, uh, but influencers can last longer you know oprah there's some other ones that are just they're true just influential people or companies that can be influential and then the other thing is experts experts can definitely have a longer you know as well but i don't think they really do well on brands unless it's like a doctor yeah exactly you're looking for an expert to bring credibility to a product and you're leveraging their credentials Uh, to do that. And then the influencers, the reason they stay relevant so much longer is they have a following that they're communicating to on a regular basis. And so you're not only getting their, you know, their celebrity, they're well, they're well known, but they have a group of people that are following them. So when you're tapping into that person, that influencer, you're also getting the entire group of people. And that's different. There's some celebrities like 
Um, you know, you can take a star that's on TV and they might be the star of the most popular show today, but they don't have a big following because they're not communicating. They're popular because they're on TV or they're, you know, somewhere. But the difference, I, I agree 100% with you. There's a big difference between expert, celebrity, and influencer. And the influencer from a marketing standpoint, and, the, and for me, most of the times, would have a much greater impact because they're able to introduce your product or service to their following and that's important. I was on a, you talk about a supplement company. I'm on the board of a company called Natural Stacks and they make supplements for the brain. Um, dopamine, oh, serotonin. Nice. Uh, they have a patented product called Siltep. So anyway, um, they actually launched the business with three influencers. They got uh, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Coffee to introduce the product to his following. And then um, Tim Ferriss, obviously huge, you know, uh, expert influencer, whatever you want to call them. And that's how they launched the whole business that way. And then those guys aren't working with him anymore, but it was a really great way to be able to launch the, the, the product mm -hmm. through two really high level influencers. Mm -hmm. um, was there a third one? You said there was a third, yeah, there was a third one. I, I forget his name, but he was the was world it? champion uh, poker play. He had just won the, the world championship of poker in Las Vegas you know, so you're making a connection that's important to use. And the product was had to do with focus and memory. And so I forget his name. It was a Swedish guy. And so he was the third one that mm -hmm. was a spokesperson for the uh, product or an influencer for the product. Interesting. You know, I'm, I, well, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm curious why they didn't pick a woman on one of the three, you know, we have yeah. brains too, right? So, you know, like actually having other than just men influencers, a key piece. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think what happens with products is they segment, oh, well, it's skin beauty. It must be for women. If right. it's brain, it must be for men. It's like, you know, I think that having people really think about their influence is a key piece not just they have a big following but like who are they really speaking to the mm -hmm. millennials older younger women men i mean like you know there's more than just one kind of buyer you know for absolutely everything. and one of the things that um and i'm curious what you think of this i have a, a friend of mine here two friends there's actually three of them as a group they started a company very 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 large selling company i'm not gonna say this but uh, somewhere along the way about year five and they're extremely successful the third partner just i don't know was done with it and he happened to be the face of the business uh, he yeah. was the inf they made him an influencer through the business and he decided to you know like not do it anymore he was just donating enough money or whatever he wanted to go to cancun and mm -hmm. they really had a dilemma because oh. their entire business was surrounded this one face you know, and they've been able to shift the last couple of years and every now and then I see some of their posts and I found it really fascinating because they're a product, physical product based settlement company. And uh, I sat down with one of them privately one time and he said, we'll never do that again. We always just have talent. We buy talent now. We buy it. It's contractual. It's bought because at any moment you know, our demographic might change, our offer might change. We might say, we don't want to go into this one. We need to move into this product. We need to be able to change the talent faster. So I'm curious if you find that um, yourself with companies, you say, hey, you know, maybe advise them, hey, don't, oh, don't have the influencer own the company unless they are creating the company. I mean, do you go through that? Yeah, so there's a kind of a few answers to your, um, it's, it's definitely, 
kind of the risk or downside to yeah. having one person be the main um, spokesperson yeah. for the company. I have a lot of experience with that. I mean, obviously we built the George Foreman grill and George yeah. was, was the spokesperson. Billy Mays with OxyClean, uh, Jay Cordich was the juice man. So I'm a big believer in spokespeople, um, but it, it does create marketing challenges. And I usually find as the business grows and there's more money involved, that's when the challenges usually come up. Um, not when everybody's working on the same place and you're starting up and they're all working hard. Um, so there's always, um, you know, it's kind of like you get the benefit of the spokesperson. Um, but then there also is the thing that the horror story, like you just mentioned that the yeah. person leaves and they're the face of the company. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to protect against that, but just to be aware that that is an issue that, that, that happens for sure. I'm a big advocate when somebody's the founder of a company because it's their product, uh, male, female, whatever, I like to use the founder inventor as a spokesperson because they have the biggest vested interest. And but the second part of that is they're the most authentic person to talk about that product or service. They have the passion. They, you know, you're not bringing in somebody that's a hired gun. So as much as possible, I, um, urge the founder, even if some, and again, we talk a lot about video, they might not be good on video. I have an example. There's a, I'm in Seattle. There's a company here called Pluggable. They do um, high seven figures a year on Amazon. And the founder of the company is a computer engineer. Um, but he's made over 200 videos uh, that he has on his website, content marketing about the different products, the philosophy. And so he's the spokesperson for the product but he owns the company too. So it's a good, it's a perfect match. That's per- that is a perfect, that's one of those ones you're like, Oh, check Mark. This, this is a good one. This yeah. is a good one. Okay. Let's go into real quickly how to create a great testimonial. Cause that's really hard to do. And people are like, Oh, you know, I've had people, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So when people say here, create testimonial, I actually really think through the process like a copywriter, but lots of times people don't know how to do it. So sometimes when I ask for a testimonial, I'll write it kind of what I call write it out for them, like a scripted out. Right. Can you share, how do you create a great testimonial? Okay. That's a great question. And and I, we mentioned it earlier in the interview that I'm a big believer in testimonials. Yeah. It's probably the best marketing tool for a company or product that you can have. So I spend a lot of time creating video testimonials and the really the thing that I'm um, looking for is an authenticity. So first off, they need to be a real customer of the product. I'm not hiring an actor and telling them what to say. So many times um, the product will be out in the marketplace. And, you know, if they're doing direct to consumer marketing, they know where they've shipped the product. So what I do is go right to the database and we send out an email uh, basically asking people if they'd like to be a testimonial and we promise them, you know, free product or something. And it's a numbers game. If we send out a thousand emails, we'll get 50 to a hundred back that people are interested. Um, And out of that, we'll do phone interviews and find the people that are really enthusiastic that come across well. Then we set up a, a video shoot day with these testimonials and I'll get 10 people uh, to come one every hour. And I sit down and talk to them for 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and over that time, we're only going to use maybe one or two sound bites, 
but you basically have a lot more material to work with than, and then we're able to usually in the process of talking to them, interviewing them, asking them questions, um, we're able to create a really good testimonial based on a couple of the sound bites where we edit together. And that's where the B-roll comes in again. It enables us to um, edit together different sound bites. Um, so really I go to get the best testimonials I go to actual customers of the of the company. I reach out to them and basically um, get see if I can get them to come and do a video testimonial. Sometimes they'll just do it on their on their uh, iPhone and send it to us. And yeah. then the last one is they'll just write up a nice testimonial. And in that case, we might help them a little bit with what to what to say. So all of them, all of them. It's a little bit different than you're describing because I've always come from the standpoint of trying to create the absolute most authentic ones. And those have always helped me with, with selling the product. That is so true. That is so true. The testimonials are very, very key. So if anybody can find my uh, old school American Cashflow Institute infomercial somewhere. <laughs> oh, I was wondering which one you did. I was going to ask you that. I've seen that infomercial. And you saw me because it was, yeah. I was the B-roll next to my pretend husband. We were what were the Wall Street Journal or something, and then there's one that's like really close, you know, like this. And I'm at a conference, yeah. And I'm talking about the American Cashflow Institute, and then I actually worked for Larry Pino and American Cashflow Institute and Fred Rui uh, at the time. Okay. So yeah. this is like dating me, right? <laughs> well, I know I, I, that happens to me too. It's so bad. Um, this is pre-Facebook, everyone, just so you're clear. Yes, it's, it was oh, yeah. possible. Pre-internet, right? Pre-internet, right. Yes, I feel so dated. Um, but, you know, it really did give me a groundwork to understand direct response marketing. So I'm really honored that I had that opportunity when I did. You know, That's I was awesome. only 24, 25 at the time, 26. Really great way, I mean, for uh, experience for you to get around people yeah. that were good marketers and get kind of right in the middle of everything and see what they were doing. Yeah, and one of the things I learned, and I, and I was going to bring this up inside of the video things, is, um, you know, nowadays with video, right, we put it out there and we see we have 10 views or 100 views or 10,000 views, and then we see, well, how many clicked, you know, yeah. and all that kinds of conversion metrics. So I definitely want to like close that out with when you talk about that. But back in the day when I did it, when you had a hundred people in the room, you saw the whites of their eyes, you know, and oh, yeah. if they didn't like you, you knew they didn't like it. You know, no, absolutely. there's none of this. Well, we'll put it out there. And if they don't like it and the numbers don't work, well, there's a different kind of visceral rejection response when they're looking at you and rolling their eyes or they're getting up and walking out. They're like, we don't like you. You know, yeah. there's <laughs> you get immediate feedback for sure. Talking to live audiences and, um, <laughs> Basically, if you can do that successfully, then you can obviously do great webinars, you can do great, you know, videos, but that's the hardest um, uh, format to be in as a live audience. You, because oh of my, feedback. it's, it's, yeah. it's gut-wrenching, right? So oh, yeah. let's talk about metrics, just kind of wrapping it up, uh, but you know, I think it's pretty fascinating what you're doing right now and helping customers, helping clients, and first before we move forward, where can they find you? Where can they say, hey, and raise their hand and say, yes, I'm interested in talking to you. Where can they find you? 
Yeah, so thank you for asking. Uh, they can go to my personal website, which is rickcesari.com. So now I'll spell my last name for people. It's uh, C-E-S-A-R-I. So it's rickcesari.com. And two things, if they go there, they can download um, some free information. One is the five keys to building a great brand. And then the second, which is a little bit what we're talking about today, um, how to make any video work better. And when I say work better, work better from a direct response standpoint, getting the viewer to take a specific action. And I have a whole uh, sheet of information that people can download to uh, talk about that. I love that. Well, go check him out real quick because I, I just, I mean, you are, have a, you're a wealth of information. Um, and, you know, I laugh because sometimes the millennials, and I love you guys, you know, I love you guys, but they come like, oh, I made some money online. I'm now an expert. I'm like, sweetheart, do that like over decades and we'll talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So go to Rick uh, Cesare's website. I'm going to spell for you R I C K C E S A R I dot com. Okay. So thanks for doing that. All right. Let's wrap it up just kind of inside of a video and some tips and tricks some people can really think about with metrics and, and moving forward. Okay. Um, you know, you, you hit, kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like you, you, if you make a video, you have to know how you're going to use it. I, I like a saying, and this saying works for business. It works for everything. You have to kind of start with the end in mind. In other words, don't just run out and grab your iPhone or a video camera and start making video. What, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish with that video? And you kind of work backwards from that standpoint and then say, okay, if I'm trying to get use this video to, to help drive people to my website, um, where what's going to be in the content of the video, but also where then is that deployed? Is it going to, you're going to use the video for a Facebook ad? Are you going to use it for social media? So always think about it strategically, um, how you're going to use the video before you do any, any, uh, filming or taping or whatever. And then the second one is, um, is the video designed for, um, uh, trying to sell a product? Is it a lead gen? Or, you, you know, what action are you getting the people to take? So really everything that um, I focus on is more about the content. And it's not about the technical, like is the lighting good or the audio good or this, uh, you know, what kind of camera you're using, but really what's the content? And you're being a copywriter would really appreciate that is that you know that when you're writing something, you're, you're doing it to get the people to take a specific action. And I'm approaching the, the video from the same way. And then, then when you're thinking and you have that and you make your video, it, it really boils down where are you going to deploy it? Are you going to be able to put it up on Amazon? Um, I've had huge amount of experience and talk with people, uh, other um, agencies that are helping people market on Amazon. A good product video on Amazon can increase conversions by as much as 20%. Um, that's, a, that's a kind of an eye-opening number when people are basically struggling to, you know, for the buy box. And if you can bring that advantage to your product, that's a huge advantage. The same thing with using a video in an email, the click, the open rates are as much as 80% higher. Um, using it on your website, a product video, um, up 70% more people will actually buy the product after watching a video than not. So um, I don't know if that's the right type of thing, but I guess I'm just being a big advocate of video in general. And if you can add it to anything that you're doing, whether it's Amazon, your own website, email marketing, it's going to improve the performance of what you're doing. 
I put it on mute. Uh, I was coughing earlier and here I am like talking to you. Didn't even know that. So you're like, why can't I hear you? Um, so go check that. I completely agree. Video, 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 which we're about to do here is a little Instagram. Go check me out at Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Go check out Rick, R-I-C-K-C-E-S-A-R-I.com. Go check him out as well. We're going to do a video here in a minute on Instagram stories. So you can check that out on my Instagram. Rick, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking your time. I really appreciate it. And of course, your mass amount of knowledge and sharing it with us today. That's great. And thank you so much for such a great interview and such great questions. I love talking to people that have been around a while and have been down in the trenches um, and understand everything that it takes. So I, I really appreciated the opportunity. Absolutely. I have been in the trenches. I have been in the trenches. All right. Well, this is Heather Havenwood. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. This is Like a Boss. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And see you next time. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity, but this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago, and now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com coachwithheather.com and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at influencertribe.com where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to callwithheather.com. For more, go to heatherhavenwood.com.